The Bruins have been in the news the last few days locally and uh, league-wide. Obviously, the NHL awards were in Vegas, and there were a few Bruins bringing home some hardware there. We'll get into Nashville. that. They were in Nashville. Oh, yeah, that's true in Nashville. <laughs> it's they- like Vegas, but like <laughs> a little bit more southern. <laughs> weren't they always in Vegas before? Like every year they were always in Vegas? Or did they always move around? I feel like they were in L.A. before. They they were in Vegas one year, but I think it generally moves around. Yeah. Well, they were in Nashville. Um, but regardless, the, the biggest news is Taylor Hall is no longer a Boston Bruin. He goes to the Chicago Blackhawks in a essentially a salary dump. Nick Foligno, uh, Chicago got the rights to him as well as a, as a UFA, and they signed him to a one-year $4 million contract. The Bruins got a few minor leaguers in return, and um, they also made another move. So, guys, the Bruins, the wheels are in motion already this offseason. Things have to happen quick for them because it's going to be a busy offseason for them, and it's 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 already starting. Yeah, we knew there had to be salary dumped somewhere, possibly multiple players. I still think there's going to be more. You know, you still get that log jam on the left side of the defense, and you figure one of Grizzlick, Forbert, or Riley, at least one of them, is moving in some fashion, whether it's a trade or, you know, the buyout window still open till the end of the month. Um, you have to think something's going to happen there. But we also thought, you know, one of the bigger contracts, and we highlighted all along, you know, probably either Taylor Hall or Lena Selmark or both was going to be gone and it ends up being Taylor Hall to start. We'll see what comes next. But yeah, like you said, it was essentially a pure salary dump. Um, you do get the rights, the restricted free agent rights to two uh, younger defensemen, Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula. Um, Ian Mitchell has actually played like 82 NHL games. So there's some experience there. He doesn't exactly have a great track record in Chicago. Um, he was sort of one of the, you know, one of the bottom of the roster guys on a really bad team. But maybe there's something there. He played for Jim Montgomery at Denver. So obviously a, a player that he's familiar with. And uh, Regula's 22. He's he's a big guy. I think he's 6'4". So, you know, see how he develops in Providence and maybe have something. So it's not like they didn't get anything. But for the most part, it was, you know, it was all about moving that salary out. And that's uh, – they didn't have to give up anything else. You know, didn't have to give up any picks or prospects to do it, which if you're moving someone like a Forbert or Riley, you might have to. So that's $6 million off the book. I think we – you know, now the Bruins are – a little under $11 million in terms of cap space, which is, you know, still when you look at how many roster positions they need to fill, now they're down to six forwards signed to NHL contracts. Uh, $11 million runs out really quickly. So you got to figure there's still more moves coming, especially if they want to re-sign Tyler Bertuzzi, which certainly seems to be a priority and seems like the logical next step after getting rid of Hall. Yeah, it kind of it kind of felt like you would almost need to already know that Bertuzzi was interested to come back and to, in order to make this decision, right? Because just like you said, you don't have all that many forwards under contract, so you kind of have to know what other forwards you're you're gonna have back before you trade away a Taylor Hall. Um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I do want to say I I like Taylor Hall as a player. I don't think the decision was really based on like his performance. I thought he had a good playoff run. Um, I hear people like all of a sudden 
having some sort of revisionist history about how Taylor Hall like didn't help the team at all. But if, if anybody recalls, he was one of the better players in the playoffs. Um, And also a lot of revisionist history that, I mean, Bertuzzi had a good playoffs too. They, they both did, but kind of letting Bertuzzi off the hook for some of the the dumb passes and and different things that I personally think if he doesn't make a few of them, they might win that series. Um, But anyhow, um, Bertuzzi seems to be the, the most obvious choice for where that money could go now uh, because we know they do want to keep him around if they can. We're not, we're not sure what the price is yet though. Um, but Don Sweeney must have a decent gauge on it, I think. But also you couldn't trade Allmark on the day of the NHL awards where he's going up for a Vesna. Like the optics of that would be so strange. And Don Sweeney's sitting there right with like in the front row with Montgomery and his wife. And, um, yeah, it would have been weird. And Scott and I were talking about this before, but like there was a little bit of awkwardness in Allmark's speech at the awards because he mentioned that coaching staff butted heads about like the goalies. And, but yeah, but he was like, but we were all friends at the end of the day. And it was kind of like, okay, well, we didn't know any of that like behind the scenes was going on that there was like butting heads. And I wonder how much of that he's talking about in the playoffs or, or what. Um, also we, we can talk about some of the other things he said, but um, I mostly just bring up his comments because he could easily be on the way out too. Um, we've heard more recently that they, they want to keep both goalies. Um, but do you think that this gives them enough leeway cap wise to not have to make another big salary dump? with Allmark. Well, I wouldn't view well, so I, I understand why you I understand the question. Um it Allmark moving Allmark wouldn't be a strict salary dump. That would be a no, hockey I mean you'd be also wanting to get picks and stuff back, but mm-hmm. um is it necessary is maybe the way I should frame it. I I think it is. I, I think this team needs to well f- so first of all on the on the Taylor Hall aspect of it yeah, it's one of those situations where they better re-sign Bertuzzi because if you don't, well, it, it, look, so the situation the Bruins are in, like they're up against the cap no matter what. And and after last playoffs collapse and choke job, I like for, from personally, nobody's job outside of a couple of guys should be safe. And if the Bruins want to shake things up, they, they reserve that right. So if they don't sign Bertuzzi, and 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 they essentially let, let Taylor Hall go for salary relief. You know what? Like, fine. I mean, it's not ideal if you want to try to stay competitive. But um, so yeah. So that's like the caveat to to dumping Taylor Hall's salary to Chicago is that yes, you should you should resign Bertuzzi, or else it's kind of like, well, okay, you, you got rid of some cap, but yeah, he's a good player though. So hopefully they can get Bertuzzi. I like Bertuzzi. I would rather Bertuzzi over Taylor Hall long term. Um, I, I know he made a couple of ill-advised defenses on, uh, passes Bridget. Um, but I just like, I mean, at the same time, he had how many big goals for the team. And if he doesn't score those, maybe they aren't, aren't in positions to win games that they ended up choking away. Um, and I just like his overall, he has some work to do defensively. Sure. That that's, that's, that's definite, but I just like his overall persona and, and, and his approach to the game. So long-term, I really want them to sign him. To your question about is trading Olmark or somebody else to relieve more more salary cap necessary, I absolutely think so. 
And I, I said this last week when we spoke, I think that the goaltending position is vital, but I don't think that you need to have two number one goalies. I think you can like outside of Andre Vasilevsky in the last five years. I mean, you look at the, you look at the last 20 Stanley cup champions and maybe 15, 20% of the time, it was like a top elite goalie that, that hoisted the Stanley cup for their winning team. Most of the time it's, it's just, it's just somebody kind of random. It's they're a flash in a pan here or, they had a couple strong years, so I just think the goaltending position is very important. But I don't think it's essential to have Allmark and Swayman. So, um, and I think there's other guys, other trades that could be that can happen too. And I'm I'm open to anything after last year. I don't want to. I, I know Scott's point about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overlook a, a historic 82 game season that the Bruins had last year. I'm with you on that. I'm just saying like. If, if the Bruins feel changes needed, I, I support them. I I I I don't have any like. When, when shit like that happens, like they did in the postseason, you have to be uh, willing to accept anything. And I guess I'm just willing to accept anything that they do. Hopefully, it's everything that they do is for, is for the best. Yeah. And on Allmark, like what, what you're talking about, I, I feel like that's also, yeah, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but that could also potentially lead to his market being a bit depressed. Like if other teams kind of have that same attitude of like, hey, look at the kind of goalies that have won Stanley Cups. You know, why would we trade a first round pick for, for Linus Elmark when we can just, you know, throw a few different pretty good goalies at it and hope one of them gets hot? Like, there's obviously risk in that approach, but after seeing Vegas with Aiden Hill win the cup, I could see teams kind of adopting that attitude, which wouldn't help the Bruins market. And I, you know, the situation I could see where they hang on to both goalies is just that the right deal isn't out there. And I'm not just giving Linus Allmark away. Like if, if they traded Allmark in the same kind of trade that they just made with Taylor Hall, where it's like, all right, you're just dumping salary and, you know, Hey, we'll take two fringe NHLers that may or may not ever play for us. I would not like that. Like you, you can't do that with Linus Allmark. He has more value. So like, he's got to get you, you know, if not the first round, like at least into the second and possibly something else along with that, or, a much better prospect or, you know, part of a hockey trade where maybe you're targeting a center. Like there's got to be something real coming back in return for Linus Allmark for me. So if that deals out there, then yeah, I'm absolutely still open to trading them because I do think with this team right now, I think that money would be better spent on other positions, loading up elsewhere and going a little cheaper at goalie. But if the right trade isn't out there, then, you know, ultimately I would be okay with hanging on to him and, you know, reevaluating. Maybe you move a goalie at the trade deadline. Maybe you revisit next off season. Um, but, you know, look, having this goal, great goalie tandem is, was a huge part of their success in the regular season last year. So at the very least, it would help you win games in the regular season and get back to the playoffs, be in that position and, you know, see where you're at. So, they had to they had to dump someone's salary. Taylor Hall is a huge chunk taken out that helps a lot. You know, more is still needed, but it does allow you, you know, if you're looking at Lena Salmark's market, you now have at least a little leverage where you can say, well, we're just gonna hang on to him. Like you don't you don't need to have teams waiting you out and offering you crap in return. Um, the Bruins now are at least at a spot where 
they could walk away from the table and just say, no, if you're not going to give us something good, then we're not trading them. Like, you know, see ya. Yeah, I, I do think it ties in a lot with the center conversation, right? If you do move him and you see – if the Bruins do move him and, and you see that it's in some sort of a deal with a center, um, even though they haven't announced Bergeron or Krejci's decision yet, you it, it points in a certain direction. Like if, if you see the Bruins go out and trade Allmark in a package to bring someone like – Pierre-Luc Dubois, other, we talked about it a few episodes ago, um, a few centers that the Bruins could target, especially we're, we're talking like a number one or number two center. Um, if they're targeting someone like that and kind of feel like you would know your answer on where Bergeron and Krejci stand, um, even though as of right now it hasn't been announced, we know that they were planning on informing the team a few weeks, a month after the season. So um, I, I think – They've already made that decision. They've let Sweeney know before he can make these moves, um, you know, what the, what their team looks like. Um, they're not going to leave him out uh, without that information and, and make it harder for him to just predict the future. So he already knows what's going on. I I don't think the Taylor Hall move really shows any indication of that Bergeron-Krejci front of things. But if Allmark were to be moved for a center, that would really kind of show us where things might be at organizationally, because if you just lose Krejci, you probably can just replace him with Zaka. But if you are going to lose Bergeron, that would mean a bigger move would be necessary for a competitive non-rebuilding or non-bridge season. Yeah, I, I think as far as Allmark goes, of course, it's a different situation than Taylor Hall. Like you're not, you're not trading him away for nothing for a straight salary cap relief because that's irresponsible when he's literally the reigning Vesna trophy winner. And to your, to your point, Scott, about how other teams may adopt the Vegas style and that might hinder the Bruins ability to market Allmark properly. Um, I, I, I agree though. This could be still a unicorn example because he is the Vesna trophy winner officially as of last night. And I still think that, there are a lot of teams that do not have a sure thing in goal. And you can look at a reigning Vezina Trophy winner and say to yourself, okay, if we put him in net and we want to make the playoffs, the problem won't be in goal anymore. And so hopefully that is one asterisk to maybe a team's being like recognizing what, what we might recognize and that you can probably get away with. You, you definitely need good goaltending when it matters most, but do you need an elite guy on the books? Maybe not, but he, hopefully that that'll that'll entice teams um but yeah as far as like yeah if they were to trade him for a center yeah maybe maybe that would be indicative bridget um i don't it's one of those situations where they're still there's they'll still probably try to find any return that they can get for him and, and i don't think they're going to want to try to sell low i just don't know if there's a a perfect match made in heaven where it's going to be a goalie for center swap just because if you're trading for a number one goalie, but you're shipping on a number one caliber center, it's it's like what direction is your team kind of going in? That's kind of a – those are two very important pieces to just kind of – they don't really cancel each other out. It's like you're getting rid of one need to acquire another. Well, the, but, the only the only answer would be like cultural change. Like it would be best for both teams to kind of move on from each other, like the center that mm-hmm. as uh, let the team know he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, maybe mm-hmm. one of those situations, which we mentioned, 
Um, Pierre Luc Dubois might be in that kind of a situation. There's certain centers out there that kind of want to be out the door on the teams and are looking for a change. So if you can get something in return um, for them, then you might as, may as well go for for a, a guy like a sure thing in net uh, if you're if that's what you're also looking for. So. Yeah, I, I feel like realistically for the Bruins, if they were to move Allmark, maybe it's tough to really kind of gauge the market, but hopefully they could trade up or, or trade them and potentially get back into the first round this year. Um, it's 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 a deep draft that would be ideal. I don't. I think if if you're t- let's be honest, guys, Linus Allmark up until this past season was. He was just kind of a guy. Like he was good for Boston. He was good in Buffalo on a bad team. But if you're if you can trade him away and and alleviate yourself from five million dollars of his cap space, and then also hop into hop into the first round this year, depending on what team you know you're you're dealing with. Like for Linus Allmark, like I think if we said that last this time last year, we'd be like, oh hell yeah, like absolutely. Linus Allmark worth a first round pick when you're when it's what you need because you don't have any of those. So I don't even need them to do a, a, a an NH bring an NHL caliber player back. I mean, if 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 you were to get a a first round pick and maybe like a fringe roster player, like whatever. I'm just saying. Um, but I do have a question for you guys. Like, there have been some rumblings, and I this this summer on Twitter and, and social media, I have I have literally just this off season, I've just buried my head in the sand. Everybody, everybody. And their mother is is an insider with scoops and 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 rumors. I, the guy I, in the south or the guy in the north end at the Italian restaurant who <laughs> says he overhears the conversations going on between well, Pasternak and yeah, and it's it's so much more of a mess now thanks to Elon. Musk. Like now that they're that blue check marks like don't mean anything. It's like mm-hmm. there's people just like impersonating reporters that throw they're saying like they work for a media organization or a podcast and they don't. And it's like. It's such a mess. Like it's, you know, there's there's like the handful of people, maybe a dozen or so that like I actually trust and like wait to see if they say something, and then Elliot Friedman. <laughs> yeah, and then like the rest of it is like, I'm just assuming there's nothing to it, and you know, like until or unless one of these people are like proven correct on something. 